Now, in the Bible, the prophets express God's mind and will in the world. Sometimes their messages are a word on target to the people and powers of their day. But at other times, they see and speak about the future. Their words not only predict the future, they speak the word of the Lord, which creates reality and shapes the future. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Neil Parks, and welcome to Fill the Lamp. Now, last time out, we left off in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, where we learned about Paul and who he was before Jesus knocked him off his high horse of persecuting and killing the followers of Christ, only to become a follower of Christ and appointed to the position of apostle. Verse 1 pretty much sets the stage for anyone that is an alive and breathing human being that can repent and surrender their life to God and follow Jesus. Now, verse 1 and 2, they tell us that Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, and verse 2, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, the ancient time of what is going on here with Paul's description of who he is in verse 1 was promised way before Romans 1 and 2. It was no novel upstart, upstart doctrine, but of ancient standing in the promises and prophecies of the Old Testament, of which did all unanimously point at the gospel, the morning beams that ushered in the sun of righteousness, this not by word of mouth only, but in the scriptures. So you see, Paul was set apart for the gospel of God, which he, God, promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, Consider these three things from verse 2. First, the gospel of God is the fulfillment of Old Testament promises. It is not a new religion. It is the fulfillment of an old religion. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. What he was preparing and promising then in the Old Testament He fulfilled with the coming of Jesus. And second, God keeps his promises. Hundreds of years go by. The Jews wonder if the Messiah will ever come. They, the Jews, go through horrendous sufferings. Then God acts and the promise is fulfilled. So this means that God can be trusted It may look as if he has forgotten his promises, but he does not forget. So, verse 2 is not only a statement about the content of the gospel, but it is also a reason for believing it. 
If we can see that God promised Christ centuries before he came and that in many details he fulfills these promises, our faith is strengthened. Third, these are holy, inspired writings we should reverence and believe. Notice the tremendously important implications of verse 2 for our doctrine of Scripture. First, there is God. Then, there is a promise that God wills to make. Then, there are prophets through whom, not by whom, but through whom, God himself, remaining the speaker here, he speaks his promise. Then there are writings, and these writings are called holy. Why are they, the writings, holy, set apart from all other writings, and one kind and priceless? You see, because it is God who speaks in them. Read the verse carefully, verse 2. He, God, promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. God promised, my friends, in the Scriptures. God is speaking in the Scriptures. That is what makes them holy. This is Paul's understanding of Scripture, and this should be ours, my listeners. If you have ever wondered why our Bibles say Holy Bible on the front cover, Romans 1, verse 2 is the answer. You see, the gospel is not a new religion. It is the fulfillment of an old religion. And in case we miss the immediate significance of this for our exposition of Romans, Let's remember three more things. Paul sees himself in Romans 1, verse 1, as an apostle of Christ Jesus, speaking and writing with authority on Christ's behalf as a founder of, get this, the church. In other words, like one of the prophets of old. You find it in Ephesians 2.20. Now, second... Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.13, he said, We speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. So, in other words, Paul claims a special inspiration for his teachings. And third, in 2 Peter 3.16, Peter says that some people distort Paul's writings as they do the other scriptures. So, Peter puts Paul's letter in the same category with the Holy Scriptures that we are reading about right here. Now, my friends, this is why preaching is so serious in our life together. We believe that Paul's letter to the Romans is the Word of God, not merely the Word of man. The gospel was promised in holy writings, inspired by God. And the gospel is unfolded and 
preserved for us in holy writings inspired by God. Folks, this is what we believe, and it makes a huge difference in the way we view truth and doctrine and preaching and worship and everything else in this world. So, the first thing Paul says about the gospel of God is that it was planned and predicted long ago. It is the gospel which he, God, promised beforehand through his prophets in his holy scriptures. I say, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you humbly this day. We come needing more of your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Father God, the promise has been fulfilled. Lord Jesus, your word, your word, you are the creator of all things. Your word is holy. And we here on planet Earth, we've just been here for a millisecond in time compared to heaven. Lord, we lift you up. We lift you up that you don't have to love us, but you do love us, and you are the truth. Lord Jesus, you are the Son of God. You came to redeem us, that if anyone believe upon you and your grace, we shall be saved and be with you for eternity. This is what Paul is talking about in Romans, the holiness of these words. Paul was a persecutor. He was a killer of believers. There's two kinds of people in this world, Lord, and that was proven at Calvary. Two thieves, one who believed you and who you are, and the other one who mocked you. So, Father God, we come before you humbly, and we come in obedience to you. I lift up the listeners that are around the world right now, in all the continents, be it Africa, Asia, Europe. Father God, wherever you are right now, my listeners, I just lift you up, and we give God the praise for your existence, because you have been called to serve him. You and me were nobodies, but he came to die and take our sin. Father God, we just love you and praise you and thank you that we can be a part of this plan that you have created for the bride that you will one day marry to be with you in your kingdom forever. And we do this in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, I don't know about you, but I'm excited as we journey through this book of Romans. So until next time, Maranatha, I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>